Every year, the Rain and Jays pick every game of the regular season. The original crew from this Lockdown Celtics podcast. We're doing it again. This is the pregame show on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Thank you so much for making this show part of your daily routine. It's a Monday through Friday podcast. It's free, it's daily, and on weeks like this where there's a Friday night game, bonus podcasts, you get six podcasts this week. Catch the show everywhere podcasts exist, even on YouTube, especially on YouTube. And uh, hop into the comment section there. That's a great way to get in touch with the show. Let me know what you think. I'm John Corrales. I used to play a long time ago. Now I'm a beat writer covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. By the way, subscribe to Boston Sports Journal. Use the code Celtics23. You're going to get 20% off an annual subscription. Read my stuff there. It's kind of like a hand-in-hand podcast, my written stuff. It's all part of some, uh, I think, pretty decent Celtics content. Today's show is the pre-show to picking every game of the regular season. I got the Rain and Jays with me. Jay King, Sam Packard, Sam Jam Packard, people who've been listening to the show for a long time know that's the crew that started this podcast. This podcast began as the Rain and Jay's podcast with me and Jay. Jam came on board. They separated, went to the Athletic. The Athletic killed most of their team podcasts. So now those guys are on Still Potable, which they're doing on Patreon. Go check them out there if you want to uh, pay for uh, a few podcasts there. Support those guys. That wouldn't be a bad idea. So let's just get to it. This show is a sort of second preview for the season. Me, Sam, Jay, before we go over to their feed to start picking every game, we start setting the tone here for this Celtics regular season. Ah, the boys are back. I immediately look up and see Jam Packard with like the big bug out eyes. Uh, how you boys doing? Been a minute since we've been podcasting together. How you liking your new potable, still potable home? It's all going well. Other than having to see Packard more often. Every day. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Packard. Even when I'm not there in person, I see his face and that's, uh, it's difficult. Jay's approach to podcasting has changed dramatically uh, over the past, I would say, three weeks uh he now like he's all of a sudden cares. into podcasting he's all about creating content it's a totally new side of him um <laughs> that part of me is upsetting because i have to see him every day but then part of me is like oh you do have a strong work ethic jay interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah i never never really guess that's a, that's a new element to jay king um, all right. So I've explained this before in the intro, but we'll say it again. It's still potable available on Patreon. Uh, you see all of our Twitter handles there. You can follow it. You, if you don't follow these two guys by now, you should. Um, and they, uh, kind of, I don't want to say started a new venture. You've continued your venture elsewhere and, uh, are doing your podcast on Patreon. So we've migrated. Sure. Sure. 
we're like podcasting nomads. You are growing just like the Celtics are growing and you have adjusted just like the Celtics have adjusted. And hopefully you find the success that I believe the Celtics are going to have uh, this season. So this show serves as kind of like a, a pre-show, a little preview, a little let's talk about the season, how we see it. And then on the still potable feed, you will get our annual predict every game podcast that everybody looks forward to. I've gotten I've gotten mailbag questions about, hey, you guys going to do this or what? People tweeting me about <laughs> it's it. It's so like, funny because it really is the dumbest thing we it's, do. It's an insane concept, but we do it, and it's just kind of become a thing that we do. So let's let's kind of set the stage because I feel like I'm going to be predicting a lot of wins this year. It may be when we count them all up, we might be getting to 60 wins for me. Uh, how are you guys – feeling starting with jay how are you guys feeling about this season overly positive guarded what, what are you feeling i think they are going to be awesome yeah this team i mean it's obvious right away that porzingis and holiday are going to be great basketball fits but i think on top of that like every other thing that you'd want to see they've showed so far joe Missoula came back and it's clear that he reflected on everything he did last year and has changed a bunch of stuff and is ready to take a coaching leap, I think, after his first year. There's a lot of stuff that still has to be determined, but based on the way he's structuring practices, based on the way he's changed the culture, based on just how comfortable he seems with the media even, he yeah. dropped his first F-bomb today That's in front of the media and then monumental explained it by saying that he decided it i'm gonna say it oh now i gotta bleep this out this is a family <laughs> show jay i knew that was coming <laughs> i almost asked to <laughs> now that's, i've gotta edit me. this out and bleep fine that that's on me um but i i just think so the missoula piece is there and then like just the mindset of the team and i think a lot of it is because of missoula's changes it just seems like it's in a really good place right now and that can change during a long season Think things can go wrong things can be derailed but it just seems right now like like this team is in a really good place in a lot of different ways sam from your perspective as a professional sports fan how are you feeling i'm incredibly hyped up and i would say too hyped up and too it hyped. comes down to like just watching the preseason, Chris Taps, Taps as I'm going to try to get going. I think Taps is a good nickname for him. We're starting Little that here tap, right tap, now. Tapparoo. Yeah, Tapparoo. Uh, he fits so well in the offense, and when he's involved in a pick and roll as the screener, they just command so much attention. And even when they did some of this, where it's just like setting pin down screens for Jalen from Chris Taps, the two man game they can do there. Just I think like the offense when he's on the court is going to be so dynamic that it's going they're going to be unstoppable. With that being said, before last season, Chris Taps Porzingis has never really been a healthy individual. And so I can feel all this hype and excitement brewing for uh Taps, young Taps as most people are calling him. <laughs> but like 
every time he jumped in the preseason, I would get a little bit of anxiety because like he's a, such a tall man. And, and as everyone saw on the internet, he's like three feet taller than Jay King. He makes Jay King look like a child. <laughs> such a misleading photo. And so Poppy like Cock. he's very, very tall. And so I just get like this nervousness of like, okay, I think they're going to be great when he's on the court. How often is he actually going to be on the court? I, I, I look, I get it. And it's always a concern with, especially with a guy that size. Um, but I feel like one element of the Celtics offense with him is that they don't need him to do a lot of the things that have put him in that position to get hurt where he's not doing the up fakes and drives as much as he would. He's not creating off the dribble. I don't know about you guys. I haven't seen him create from the perimeter at all this preseason. It's all, all of his offense has basically become off of picks catching maybe like a one dribble here or there, but I haven't seen him trying to drive and, and, you know, drive the lane or anything like that. It's pick and roll, pick and pop, you know, catch, catch and, and just one dribble or shoot or whatever. So I'm hoping that that means less chance of him, getting hurt. And I think they can, over the course of the regular season, you know, they can stagger the back-to-back, -back, you know, Al takes game one off, Porzingis takes uh, game two off or something like that. I think that's something that they can work on, but uh, maybe a little bit more Luke Cornette in some of these games against the Charlottes of the world. Uh, so it's, it's always a concern. It's always a concern, but maybe the Celtics kind of like Malcolm Brogdon last year, who made it through the regular season fine. Uh, maybe they can limit him enough where he's not an injury, as much of an in injury risk. So we'll get back to it with Jay and Sam in just a second. First, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy, fun daily fantasy, easy daily fantasy, daily fantasy that you want to play because it's you against the projections. Let's fire up Prize Picks right now. And just go to the NBA page. I'm recording this before the, the Warriors take on the Suns. You can go just straight on points for Kevin Durant. Over, under, let more or less than 22 points. I can pick more than 22 points for him. You can go points in the first six minutes. Devin Booker, four and a half, more or less than that. So you can go to prizepicks.com. You pick two to six players. If you get everything right, you can get yourself up to 25 times your money. So it's a real fun way to enjoy sports and play daily fantasy. Uh, so check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA. Use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Wow, what a great, great deal over there. I've had people come up to me at the garden and say, thank you for turning me on to prize picks. They love it that much. Uh, super easy, super quick to get your money when you win. Prizepicks.com slash NBA. Use code LOCKDOWNNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Uh, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. Thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. One last chance here. Go check out the Lockdown Ultimate NBA Season Preview. Six-episode series with all 30 Lockdown team hosts. From contenders to tankers, it's an in-depth look at the biggest storylines heading into the season, which has begun. Now the Celtics season begins on Wednesday night. 
I was on a contender show, which was recorded before the Drew Holiday trade. There's an addendum at the end of that podcast where we discuss the Drew Holiday trade, but the rest of the discussion is pretty good. So check that out wherever you get your podcast. Let's get back into this conversation with the Rain and Jays. He's also gotten a lot better at caring for his body over the years. That That's one thing that really goes into it. When a guy gets to be 27, 28 years old, and a lot of the players that Brad Stevens targets seem to be right in their prime, like Derek White yeah, and um, Chris Stops and Drew Holiday, he's 33, but just takes great care of his body. Like these guys have have learned how to be professionals in a way that they didn't realize earlier in their careers, and so that that's a big piece of it too. Kristaps believes that's part of what kept him healthy last season. We'll see if it's the case, um, but I think for a lot of guys, like just the way you approach every single day is different by the time you're that age than it was when you're 19, 20, living in the United States for the first time and being like a superstar for the Knicks. Out yeah. of nowhere. Living in the United States for the first time, living in New York City as a young NBA uh, high-profile star, um, I'm sure when he was talking about being young and having fun, that you know, being young in New York City means like you get to do a lot. So I'm sure he wasn't taking care of his body at all. So Okay, it's it's a different time. I think one thing that makes me so optimistic is the attitude that everybody has. Um, it's been fairly businesslike. We haven't seen um, any real goofiness, for lack of a better term, without Grant Williams there. But you need some goofiness, right? Sure, sure, and, and maybe like you see I that. Hope so. <laughs> Or else, Jim, what are, what are we doing here? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think I think obviously there's some like they you know they had the football you know that we didn't see, but they you know posted on their Twitter. I, I think for preseason, the the level of focus seemed to be uh, pretty exceptional. The, the guys were very focused on uh, the 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 game plan. Let's say. Um, Joe Missoula's plan was very well accepted. You hear all the guys talking about how they liked the new team first approach. Jalen Brown on Monday talked about it was really good coaching this preseason. Might have been the best preseason that he's ever had. He liked going over all the situations. So I think mentally, and that's I think that's been the biggest issue with this team. Mentally, they were never quite where they needed to be to kind of navigate some of the downturns that they were having. It was never an issue of talent. It was an issue of being mentally able to get through things. One thing that gives me a ton of confidence, and I don't know about you guys, but the way they're, they seem to be approaching things mentally, and they obviously they haven't hit any adversity yet, so we don't know if that's going to hold. But the way they seem to be approaching things mentally is part of what's really encouraging for me. The person who I always use as sort of like a thermometer – for the Celtics is Al Horford. Al Horford is usually what people use for something. Yeah, like thermometer. No, you're just no, saying he, Al he, te he tells us he tells us their temperature. <laughs> oh, I see. That is a that is a thermometer. That's a thermometer, <laughs> correct? It's not a measurement <laughs> yeah. of pressure. Which and, and and he always kind of rev the, what he's saying about the team gives a lot of insight a lot of the time. Like 
remember when they turned things around two years ago during E-May season, and they beat a lot of sh- teams at first, like really bad teams. Another bleep. Yeah, my bad. I can't stop myself. <laughs> Cannot stop. <laughs> I'm just going to start writing these down. Okay, yeah, so they beat a lot of crappy teams. Very easy <laughs> to edit on the fly, Jay. <laughs> so, so Al – Al said, you know, it doesn't matter who we're beating. It's the way we're playing, and we are playing a new brand of basketball. And that was as real as it got at the time. So even when things are going well, sometimes Al will be the one to say, you know what, like, we could do things better. We're we're winning games right now, but but there are, I'm not in love with what's going on right now. Al is so excited. Al is <laughs> jacked up. Al is over the hill about the way that the Celtics have come back and approached the start of this season. So I, I think you can usually trust Al in his judgment on that stuff because he's about the right stuff. He cares about the right stuff. He's not just worried about like, oh, did tonight's preseason game go well? He's like, how are my 15 teammates co- coming and working on a daily basis? <laughs> How are my 16 fellow co-captains? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, like, that that should give people a lot of confidence that Al is so excited about the way the Celtics are working. He said it was the best pre-preseason that he's ever seen in Boston. What does um, that even mean? Like, just people coming back, the work they were putting in before training camp, everyone being around the approach that they had. So has any player ever been like, this was a tough preseason and even worse. No, but you don't have to go the other way though. You don't have to be like, this was amazing. This was awesome. Joe has changed so much. Joe has implemented cultural changes that are really important. You don't have to do that. And right. It's, you can get through and be like, Hey, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're focused at the on the task at hand, you know, blah, 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 you know, whatever little cliches you can lean on, you don't have to say this is the best. And you got two people now saying this is the best preseason we've ever had. And, and other people kind of saying similar stuff. So very easy to get swept up in this. And, and I don't know, I, we're going to hit adversity at some point this season. We're going to see adversity at some point this season. The question is about the Celtics. Are they prepared to get through it? And I just, I just look at these guys. I feel like, first of all, I feel like Jalen is probably on a on a, a, a in a much more comfortable place now that this contract is is all set. I feel like Jason, with his post work uh, with Sam Cassell, is is preparing to unlock an element of his game. I think the like we've said, the fit for Porzingis and Holiday is great. Derek White seems to be getting better. Well, you haven't even really talked about Holiday yet, and I think that's like a major source of, I guess, comfort for Celtics fans. Like, I think Jay and I had seventeen different podcasts when the trade went down, but then like in the preseason, we haven't talked about Drew Holiday, guy who's won a championship, veteran point guard who everyone in the league seems to respect, and he's just kind of—I don't want to say he's an afterthought, but him and Derek White just have like. I feel like the preseason hasn't been about them at all. And just like, it's wild that those two guys are, they're obviously going to be in the starting lineup, but like they're kind of uh, play this, this secondary role. And both of them, I just see as extremely stabilizing forces. And I think we got some comments recently about Derek White's vocal leadership, which was 
surprising for me to hear because I don't really think of Derek White that way. But um, I do think there was some kind of unsureness about this roster when they traded Smart. But like bringing in Holiday, it was just like seems like one of the most solid people there is. He's like, I think not the most vocal of uh, leaders out there, but just like in terms of stability, in terms of um, consistency, I think he's a, like going to be a major force. And it's kind of wild with this team where he's just like, they traded for him. We talked about him in the trade, but we really haven't like done a lot of Drew Holiday breakdowns since then. It's a very boring team. <laughs> That's why they need to sign Blake Griffin. They need to and, get someone and, in here. And I mean that in a good way. Like, there aren't going to be locker room issues. There's not going to be, like, I don't think anyone will be ripping the team apart if they lose a few games in a row. And I think sometimes you need that. I think sometimes Marcus Smart doing that really helped. But this is going to be, like, a very steady, business-like, not super entertaining, <laughs> off in, like, quotes or anything like that type of team. And I, I don't think that that was brad's priority when he assembled the roster but i also don't think he minds that the team is just like very steady consistent guys that's well that's sort I mean, of he, something that he values yeah he's a very steady and consistent guy himself so that's that's what he got but and, and that's what they need that's what they needed because last season the season before it's the lack of steadiness and consistency that's hurt them. It's their, you know, you, you guys talked about it. Uh, I listening to your podcast the other day, the free one where you're talking about, they, they didn't have the ability to pull out of things fast enough. Everybody's going to go through two, three game losing streaks going to happen. It's, it's the same. It's the schedule sized version of giving up a 10 to run in a game. The question is, are you going to make that defensive stop? Are you going to hit that big bucket to keep those runs in check and keep you in the game whenever the other team makes a run? Are you able to, are you going to be able to win the game that snaps the streak at three and you can build some momentum and, and now win two or three games in a row rather than extend it to four or five, six games. That's the mental part. That's where, that's where we haven't seen it in practice, but, what you're talking about, this boring steadiness that they have, that's kind of what you want. You just want a team that's going to be glass-eyed, stone-faced, marching just straight through the competition and being like, doesn't matter if you're you know, the Hornets or the Rockets or if you're the Bucks or the, the Nuggets. We're just going to keep on marching forward and playing the same style of basketball. Uh, I think – I don't know if they're there. But this is the closest I've seen them to being there. And, you know, maybe it took some some losing. Maybe it took some contracts to get settled. Maybe it took uh, a little bit of everything. But this is the closest I've seen them to, to, to understanding when they talk about the journey and the process that, that they are actually, like, talking meaningfully about it and not just saying words. And that's a change even – focusing on the process is a change from last year last year they came in and it was let's get back to the finals let's let's win a championship this time it was about the result yeah and yeah. 
And that's something Joe, I think it bothered Joe throughout the season that it was like that. I think that's something he realized maybe last season, but certainly after the season that he needed to change and put more of a focus on the day-to-day so that they didn't skip steps and that they didn't lose out on the growth that they needed. And, and so you're seeing him put his imprint on the team in a way that he was never able to do last year because he took over so late in the game, because he didn't really have a time to map things out because the team was kind of already set in its ways and was very, like if he had changed things in a significant way last year, guys would have been pissed because they believed in what Emei was doing. Mm-hmm. And but now Joe can just do what he wants, and I, you've seen a lot of changes, and that that's one of them. Just the focus is is different now, and it's not as results oriented as it was last year. And I don't know how much that matters, but it's definitely in line with Brad Stevens's philosophy. And it is Brad it's Stevens more philosophy. authentic to what Joe wants to be. Joe is just running the exact Brad Stevens playbook. The taking it one day at a time, incremental progress, <laughs> process over results. Eisen. Can't get too high. You can't get too low. Like he, this is just like a, I was going to make a star Wars, like analogy, but I don't know if it makes any sense. John, you have to correct me. It's like, it feels like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. Like they, Brad has just taught him the, the all of the Bradisms. He's molded him into a true Kaizen warrior, and now he's sent him out on his own. But it's all the same stuff Brad was doing when he was the coach of the team. Like, it doesn't feel like – like, obviously, it's an adjustment from um, Ime and kind of his more harsh approach, and I think it was Im- difficult to implement last year. But I don't think Joe's doing anything radically different than what we saw when Brad was, like, uh, in charge. I like I like that analogy – because Luke Skywalker was kind of thrust into things as a Jedi, um, and and it didn't kind of go well at first, and then he came back. Next time we saw him, he was you know making the deal with uh, with Jabba the Hutt, and he was he, he had the whole stopped chewing bubble gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was he, is, he had taken he had adjusted. Good. This, this is the part what of podcasting with you that I miss the most. Random references that I don't understand at all. Oh yeah, this is the this is the best because <laughs> Simpsons you... references. Star Wars. This is Star Wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the Simpsons, bro. <laughs> this is Star Wars, right? That's going to be the clip. That's going to be the promo clip. Uh, okay, so we're going to go predict all of the games on your feed. We but we can't leave here without making some predictions. So let's start with where do you think the Celtics offense and defense will end up ranked in the NBA at the end of the season? Jay. The they'll both be top five. Um they'll both be top three. <laughs> okay. They were I mean they were second in both last year. So Saying they'll be top three in both is is not a huge jump. Well, well, I mean, they'll finish second in offense, second in defense. Okay, again, second year in a row. Second year in a row. Sam, 
First in offense, second in defense behind the Cleveland Cavaliers. Ooh, ooh. All right, fine. I'll say it. I'll say it'll be – give me the aces. Number one in both. Number one in both. Uh, I think they have the strong potential to be tops in both. And obviously, you guys are both saying top three, top two. So, we're not that far off. Um, I feel like I feel like they they have the the personnel to to get a lot of steals to to put teams on their heels and and to um, to really kind of be disruptive. So I I, I definitely think they're going to have the best offense in the league. I think they're going to be a ridiculous offense. Um, the defense will be where I'll, I'll, I'm just going to say first. Just to be different, I think I think they have the strong potential to be there, though. Any anywhere in the top three. Uh, how much will that change depending on how much Kristaps rests, depending on you know how many minutes they play to Luke Cornett or Namias Keta? Yeah. Like how how does that change your your outlook on where they'll finish? I think it happens. That's going to happen like infrequently enough where it it shouldn't have too much of an impact because all of their competition is going to have games where they are also resting. So I don't think the Celtics are going to be outliers when it comes to how much Porzingis and Horford and those guys rest. Uh, and they're still going to have Derek White and Drew Holiday for most of the time there. And I think an underrated element is uh, Jason Tatum's ability to kind of help down low Block some shots, be a rim protector, uh, and to can... carry any four people to a great net rating. Yes, that's right. Did you uh, hear he uh, added twelve pounds of muscle in the off season? Yes, yes, yes. That's a big, uh, and it was a big, big thing there. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it's going to have that big of an impact. Uh, I got to mention that at least once a show, right? Uh, <laughs> postseason awards. Who wins? Who wins postseason awards? For the Celtics this year, Do you, does Joe Missoula get any love for Coach of the Year? No, no, no. Okay, that's fine. I don't think he's no, because the teams that are expected to be great, yeah, those coaches typically don't win the award. It's yeah. it's the teams unless the Celtics win sixty five games and look dominant. This is the award that is decided by how dumb the media is before the season. <laughs> <laughs> and, how wrong we are on teams before the season and whoever right. we are most wrong on before the season, that's the coach that wins the award. Eric Spolstra has never won. It. He's been the best coach for a decade. Never won it. Yeah. Um, but no, Joe, Joe if they have a really good season, he'll finish near the top though. Okay. MVP, Jason Tatum. What do you Lock think? Lock it in. Lock it, Lock it in. in. Lock it in, huh? They're going to have the best record in the NBA. Jokic is going to, you know, take the, some time off like he did last year. And Bede's going to completely crumble because he's too <laughs> well indeed. And he's now sponsors Skechers, which is just a loser shoe company. <laughs> um, Giannis no might give him a run, but I think uh, the Bucks are going to stumble a little bit. And so they're not going to have as good a record. I think this is the year Tatum wins the MVP. I, look, if he, if he, can play with his back to the basket the way Sam Casella is saying he can play with his back to the basket, then he really has a chance. That's the one element, that bully ball element, that's the one element that's been missing. And Tatum, I think Tatum has, is 
a couple of minor, 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 minor tweaks, shot selection type of things away from averaging 34 points a game versus 30. And that's MVP level stuff. You know, I mean, he's at 30. I think just a, a little bit more selective on the three-point shooting, a little bit more down low, draw a couple more free throws. It's just like a couple of shots go differently. You can get yourself to 34 pretty easily, I think, for Jason Tatum. So I don't know if his, his points per game is going to go up, but I feel like his assists and efficiency will go up. And so like, I think it's hard when you bring in a guy like Chris Stapps, who I feel like is going to be a kind of high-volume guy for Tatum to get to that many points. But I just think he's still going to be around 30 probably with more assists uh, and better efficiency. And this is going to be like, this is the best we've ever seen Tatum. The Celtics are the number one seed. Give him for the MVP. Him, for him to win MVP, he has to be the best that he's ever been. Because there was a gap last year between the top three candidates yes, who were Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid, and everybody else. And Tatum was in that next tier behind those guys but it was significantly behind and the difference to me is like just a consistency piece Nikola Jokic except for that one month (laughs) when he was just playing no defense like you know what you're going to get from him every single night you know he's going to make his teammates a lot better he shoots between 50 and 70 percent like almost every single night hardly ever shoots less than 50 percent from the field and Tatum just has nights where it's not there and and maybe working in the post is a way to counteract that. So it's it's not as much jumpers or layups. It's like let, let me have a little less variance in my game. Let mm-hmm. me add this post stuff in. Let me get a f- couple more free throws. Let me get some easier buckets. Um, but he does have to make a substantial jump to reach that level. And and I'm not saying it won't happen. Um, but those other guys for the full season were just significantly better than he was. Yeah. Um, and I think also, like, like last year to me, he was amazing for the first 20 or 25 games. Like, just mm-hmm. awesome. That was the best basketball maybe that he's ever played. He came back from the All-Star break and played no defense for a while and just wasn't playing the right – brand of basketball so he has to eliminate that too um yep. again that, that speaks to co- the consistency piece and he, he had a great season he was awesome but like just got to do it all the time that's true um i'm gonna i'm gonna bet against tatum winning the mvp but i think he'll finish in the top in the top three um only because it's just so t- hard to win the mvp but I, i'm not gonna I'm, it's it's possible it's certainly it's certainly possible that he's gonna have an MVP year. Okay, quickly, finally, uh, six man of the year. Do the Celtics have any anybody on their on their in their six man that's going to be a uh, six man of the year? I think those are the only other awards that anybody's going to. It's going to be co six man of the year, Al Horford and Peyton Pritchard. Lock it in. <laughs> my, my take is that Al Horford might be the most impactful player who comes off of the bench, but he won't come anywhere near a six man of the doesn't, year award. Doesn't score because. He doesn't score enough. Guys won't recognize what he does. Andre Iguodala was the best bench player for years and years. Yeah. And they never he was never recognized for it. It's just like yeah. you have to score a lot of points. Al Horford's not going to do that. All right. And then uh oh, that's it. That's it. All defense teams, I think. I think Most you improved. probably have Payton Pritchard. Oh. I don't think he's gonna score enough. I think I think like it was great what he did in the preseason. 
I don't think he's going to have those same opportunities uh, to to put up the same numbers in the regular season. But he was great, and I I just don't think he's going to be putting up 17, 18 points a game where people are going to be like, oh, my God, and make, make him most improved. It would be nice. It would be nice, but I, I just don't think he's going to have the same opportunity, the same shots, the same usage. He had he had a usage rate in one of these games that was like 35 or something. It was ridiculous. Um, that, that's not going to be his usage rate for yeah, the Celtics. He won't always be playing with Delano Banton and Lamar Stevens yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, all defense, like Derek White, Drew Holiday, all defense. You know, can you get can you get one of these other guys? Can you get Tatum or Brown on the second team all defense? Can you get more than two Celtics? On all defense, that would be insane. They'd have to be by far the best defense in the league to get. They would have to be maybe the best even two, maybe even years. two. Like it's it's just hard to get more than one. I guy. think they can get two. I think they can get two, a first and a second teamer. But yeah, that'll be hard. That'll be hard. All right. Well, you want guys want to go predict some games? I don't want to swear again, so that you have to do more work. Poop. <laughs> but I won't. I'll hold off. I mean, I, I'm already doing the work, Jay. I'm already doing the work. I read that up for you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I read another one down. Uh, yeah. I have it. way too much fun doing stupid stuff. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Again, still potables on Patreon. So if you want to uh, support these boys, go support them by uh, subscribing to their podcast. Uh, the, the picks have begun. The picks have begun. We did the first 19 games. We went all the way up to the in season tournament. We're going to do all season long. We just didn't want to do a four hour podcast. Cause that's how it's going to go. Uh, and that podcast includes Brian, Brian Rob, who is part of the still potable team now as well. So it's a, it's a fun show. Go check it out over there. Uh, we've begun picking the show. So that's on their feed. So if you want to get the picks, the every we pick every game. If you want to get that, that's on the Still Potable feed. I would love it if you subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics feed because this is where you get free podcasts five days a week, sometimes six days a week. Hell, sometimes seven if they play uh, later into the weekend. I'm just going to give you post-game pods. No one's giving you as many podcasts as I am with in-depth coverage, free, all of that stuff. This is the only place to get that level of Celtics coverage. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Would love it if you everydayers, you regulars, stick with me. Share the podcast. Spread the word. Let everybody know that the Lockdown Celtics podcast is right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.